My name is Dr. Jeffrey Burke. I'm a naturopath and a master herbalist and the host of the Staying Healthy radio show. My show airs Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. I bring you the best guests in the industry and the topics that are relevant for today's health. The shows stream live at 8 a.m. And for those of you that cannot listen live, my shows are now podcast daily for on-demand downloads at my webpage, drjeffreyburke.com. The show is sponsored by Stay Healthy Health Food Store, Las Vegas' oldest independent health food retailer, now in their fourth decade in the Las Vegas Valley. They're located at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Smith Shopping Center. Go in and see what a local retailer can do for you. Great selection, the most knowledgeable staff, the highest quality products, and amazing prices. The hours of the store are Monday through Friday 9 to 7, Saturdays 9 to 6, and closed on Sunday. I'm looking forward to talking with all of you soon. Stay healthy. Hello and welcome back to the Staying Healthy Radio Show. I thank you all for taking the time out of your morning to stop by, tune in, and walk away with information vital to your good health. Learning the ins and outs about health and nutrition probably more important today than any time I've ever seen. And I think that, you know, a lot of us maybe for the first time are starting to have some focus and maybe some zooming in of our focus to our overall health and well-being. I think a lot more people are starting to think about what they should be doing, what they could be doing, what they should have done. A little bit of some coulda, shoulda, wouldas in there as well. But nonetheless, you know, what we need to focus on is where we are today and what we can do to make things better moving forward. Um, it's okay to dwell on the past, I guess, but um, use it for research and don't spend a lot of time there because we can't change that. All we can do now is open our ears, open our minds, start asking questions, uh, start finding out what works the best for you, learning about complements and alternatives, and being a better, healthier person. And I think it does take a lot of work. There is no magic wand, but I will you know, guarantee it every single time that it's well worth all of the effort on your side. Every day, Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 in the morning, I bring you the best guest in the industry, and we always talk about the relevant topics for today's world. The things that are important, the things we should be looking into, maybe talking about, having a discussion about, and many times those important things are the things that we don't focus enough on. And sometimes we wait until there's major problems before we open up our minds and our interest uh, fields, if you will. And then we want to know everything. But along the way, we didn't want to know anything. So let's focus on them as much as we can. Enjoy these wonderful guests that I bring you. Uh, tune into these relevant topics. And then when you're done, head over to Stay Healthy Health Food Store. I send you there for a really good reason. I send you there to continue your journey, to have amazing conversations and dialogues with the most knowledgeable staff, getting the best customer service, and all of it wrapped up in a full-service environment. If you don't remember full-service, kind of old school. It's when... It's, it's kind of a time that many of us, my age bracket, of course, we were raised in where service was wonderful. People were appreciative that you came into their stores. They were there to help you and answer your questions and make you feel comfortable and create an environment that you couldn't wait to come back and visit them again because you learned so much. You had such great service. And today in this self-service world, it's kind of hard to find, but not at Stay Healthy. Stay Healthy Health Food Store in their fourth decade in the Las Vegas Valley. They are Las Vegas. Vegas's oldest independent health food retailer in the Las Vegas area. 
They work hard every day to stay on top of the game, keeping as much knowledge as possible, learning, relearning, re-educating, and making sure that they've got the answers for you. And if not, they have a way of getting those answers in case it's something that they don't know. They carry the best of the best of everything, so you're really going to have a hard time making a mistake. What you are going to do is have a go-to place for everything health and nutrition. You'll find them at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town & Country Center on the northwest corner of Rancho in Charleston, right near Smith's. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, closed on Sunday. Make sure to call them at 877-2494, 877-2494. Call them to set up curbside service. Uh, maybe they'll prepare your order for you, get it ready, so you can just swoop in and pick it up and be on your way. They have mail order services available, as well as in-store, safe, healthy shopping, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5. Don't forget about their webpage, stayhealthylasvegas.com. Print a coupon to use on your next visit. Listen to any of the radio show uh, podcasts that are always available on demand. And take the time to um, enter your email address so you can start getting newsletters and staying connected to the store. It's all about education. It's all about information. It's all about self-priority. And it's all about us thinking to ourselves, how much better could we be? Could I be? Could my family be? How much healthier if I just asked some questions and took a little bit of time out of my busy day to focus on myself, my family, and you know, keep myself a little bit more at the front of the list? Well, today we're going to have one of those amazing guests with us. Today, Cheryl Myers is with us. Now, if you have not had the absolute incredible um, pleasure of hearing her in the past, you're going to love this. And you're going to want to go back through all the podcasts and hear every show that she's done with me because it's just that informative, that enjoyable. Um, you're going to feel like you are sitting on the couch in your living room with one of your good friends just having an awesome conversation. And then an hour later, you're going to get up and say, oh, my goodness, I just learned a whole bunch. I didn't even know I was in school. Well, you were. And you will be because she's that incredible and brings such good information. Let me give you some background. Cheryl Myers is Chief of Scientific Affairs for Europharma. She's a healthcare professional with certifications in cancer, pain control, and the issues of aging. She is an expert in dietary supplements and natural medicines, which have been and a featured guest on hundreds of radio and television shows. She has been interviewed by the New York Times, Prevention Magazine, and the Wall Street Journal, just to name a few. Cheryl is a member of the editorial board of the Natural Medicine Journal, and her own published research has included topics on subjects of menopause, diabetes, sleep disorders, gastrointestinal functions. As an expert educator in natural medicine, Cheryl has been invited to give educational presentations at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, the Jefferson Myrna Brind Center of Integrative Medicine at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia, and other organizations along the way across America. Help me welcome my guest. Good morning. Good morning. It's always delightful to come and visit you. How are you? I am doing great. I'm starting to see signs of spring. Mm -hmm. You know, I live in sunny Green Bay, Wisconsin, and <laughs> it takes a long time for spring to drag herself out here, but starting to see a little bit of the green shoots of the crocuses, and so I got my fingers crossed that summer's on the way. Uh, I'm from Michigan. I was born and raised there, so <laughs> I, I, I know those uh, late winter, late or late spring popping out. You see a little bud on something, and you throw a party. 
Um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, are you are you working from home? Are you on the road at all? Or are you only from home or, and there? Um, most of the time I am in the office. Oh, you're in the so office. Our Wonderful. Offices, our offices are open because we are considered an essential business. Right. Uh, and so we are um, open. Um, I, I occasionally work a day from home. Not traveling so much yet. But we're looking forward to it, and pretty soon, I think, as as people, as the rates start to go down, I think we're going to start to be able to attend more conferences and seminars, and I'm looking forward to that. I miss seeing people face-to-face. Yeah, me too. I just started being back on the road a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. um, I'm home this week, and then I'll be on the road again next week, and oh my goodness, I forgot how much I miss people. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's just, I, 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 I mean, obviously you function and you make it work and, you know, technology has been phenomenal and webinars and Zooming and all that kind of stuff has been wonderful. But there is just something to be said about opening a door and having people in there. <laughs> Absolutely. It's that, it's that in-person energy. And, you know, we, we, people believe that they communicate with their words, and that's not true. I mean, you do communicate with your words, and they are important but you can communicate with your facial you communicate with your gestures you communicate with you know everything about you and i just think it's a a better connection when you can see people in person although i have been pleasantly surprised at how well many of the virtual events have have gone yeah you know it's just um and and i do different size ones as well i had one last week and it, it was a pretty good size one and my screen I have a big screen in my studio and it looked like the backdrop of like American Idol there were so many people on that one and I was just like this is great technology but this is just very odd you know I'm still trying to get used to it I'm very so old school I hear you absolutely so today I was talking with Nick and talking with Marge and they said that we're going to be talking about coenzyme Q10 today and and I know coenzyme Q10 has really just kind of gone through a lot of I guess I should say levels of importance in our community but also in levels of importance within the medical community as well because I mean it is incredible how many doctors now will recommend COQ10 Um, they don't give much distinction of, of what the differences are or anything but they do recommend it and I think a lot of it is associated with things like statin medications and things like that but it's really nice to have someone come into a health food store like Stay Healthy with a handwritten prescription from their doctor asking for things like what magnesium and you know omega 3s but COQ10 is making that list a lot yeah and it's only taken about what 40 45 years yeah, so. <laughs> they're, they're, they're getting there. They're getting there. They're getting there. <laughs> well, you know, CoQ10, as you say properly, it's coenzyme Q10. But you know, True. in science, we're all about we're all about the abbreviation. So CoQ10 uh, has another name. It's called ubiquinone, and it's named after ubiquitous. And ubiquitous means something that's everywhere. And so when we look at ubiquinone, it is everywhere. It's in every single cell. So inside of our cells. We have a system, we have engines that turn fuel into energy. So when you look at, for example, your fuel, let's say your fuel is that chicken Caesar salad you had for lunch, you know, if that undergoes digestion, it releases a certain amount of nutrients into the bloodstream. Some of them are used for building blocks, some of them are used for antioxidants, and some of them are converted into a type of sugar called glucose, and that is the caught up by the cells. It goes inside the cell so that it can be burned, just like firewood, 
and can burn it and turn it into energy. And it's not just the kind of energy to go roller skating or to chase after your kids. It's the energy for the cell to do its job. So when we ask somebody to do a job, let's say it's a gardener, we would expect to feed them and provide them with the tools that they need to do their job. And if they don't, then we're not going to get very much gardening done. And the same thing is true with a kidney cell. If the kidney cell doesn't have an ample amount of fuel to turn into energy, it's just not going to be as able to do its job. So the way that our cells turn turn fuel into energy happens in these little mini engines called mitochondria. And the more energy a cell needs, the more mitochondria it has. So when we look at a regular cell, there just might be a couple mitochondria, but when we start looking, for example, at heart cells, which need an indefatigable amount of energy, then we start to see thousands of mitochondria in a single cardiac cell, a single heart cell. So it's important to understand that energy is not just the energy that we have in our bodies to run around and do aerobics. It is the energy for the cells to perform the cellular function. It's for the kidney cell to filtrate. It is for the liver cell to detox. It is for the ovaries to make hormones. It's for the brain, for the uh, synapses to fire. It's for the heart, for the heart to muscle to beat. So energy is very, very basic to our existence. The secondary function of energy is to keep the cell alive. You know, if, if I put you on a deserted island and I don't feed you and there's no food sources, you will die because you don't have any fuel coming in to make energy in your body. And the same thing is true for our cells. If they aren't able to do a good job of of converting um, that fuel into energy, the cell will die earlier than it might otherwise have died. Now, our cells die in our body every single day. We have cells that die. And our body just takes care of it, and boom, we have a new cell. But there's only a certain number of replications for each cell that we have. And that is determined by the telomeres, which we can spend another whole radio show talking about those. <laughs> but that's, those are the little, those little chains on the end of the genes that keep them from unraveling. The, so the, the fewer cellular changes you have to undergo, the fewer replacements you have to do, the longer your lifespan. And so the energy within the cell is, yes, about being healthy today, but it is also about being healthy tomorrow. So it's very, very important to look and understand what that system is, and where might it go wrong. Now, enter CoQ10. CoQ10 is not the fuel. The fuel is what you eat every day to make yourself strong and healthy. And it is not the engine. The engine is the mitochondria. But it is indeed a spark plug, so that it plays a role in triggering the process and helping along the process by which fuel is turned into energy. If you don't have enough CoQ10 in your cell, then you're not going to produce as much energy as you otherwise could have, regardless of the availability of fuel, regardless of the number of engines, you're just not going to make as much. So they call CoQ10 a rate-limiting nutrient, which means that it limits the amount of CoQ10 in the cell is the limiting factor for how much energy that cell can make. So as we age, as we have certain diseases and certain challenges, uh, as there's so many different things that can happen throughout our lifespan that can diminish the ability of our body to make CoQ10 or diminish the overall amounts of CoQ10 in the body. 
And then we start to see what an incredible and powerful benefit we can provide by putting CoQ10 into the body supplementally. So, so this is a really basic nutrient that is crucially important. If you told me that I only had 10 supplements to, to, to use to help people for the rest of my life, CoQ10 would be right in there because it's not CoQ10 for brain or CoQ10 for heart or CoQ10 for fingernails. It's CoQ10 for every single physiological function in your body. It is that foundational that it plays a role in everything. It plays a role, as I said, in health. It plays a role in longevity. So when people say to me, you know, I'm having some problems with my kidneys. The doctor says they're not quite working as they ought to be. They're kind of slowing down a little bit, and that's none too healthy. I always say your kidneys need a lot of CoQ10. Kidneys need an enormous amount of energy to do their job. And there are studies on kidneys and CoQ10. When people start to talk about heart function, their heart isn't quite as strong as it used to be, or they've had some issues with their heart in the past. What do I do? I'm, one of the first things I say is, you need to get some CoQ10 on board because, as I said, the heart and the brain are two systems that are incredibly dependent upon a consistent supply of energy, and therefore they need a consistent supply of CoQ10. So there's so you know there. I imagine that there's not a single problem that we could talk about today for which I could not find a reason why CoQ10 would be not just a little bit, but a lot beneficial. You know. So many of the supplements that we take today are to fill voids that are created by many things, by medications, uh, by unhealthy diets, by lifestyles that are depleting, by us not taking the time to recharge and refill and rebuild our body. And, you know, like you just mentioned, you know, there are many things that cause us to lose um, coenzyme Q10 from our, I guess you could call it from our body reserves. And mm -hmm. is this something that maybe at one time was something more noticeable within the geriatric community, um, and now today it's just trickled down like every other health condition to people at much younger ages? Was it was it ever uh, focused mostly on on the necessity of bringing it into our diet every day for geriatric community only, and then now it's everybody? Well, perhaps. But as I recall, um, the, first off, uh, co bragging rights from Wisconsin. Uh, Cochin <laughs> was isolated for the first time at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. It does a lot of uh, work and research in biology. It was isolated for the first time from beef heart, from the heart of a, of, of a cattle, of a cow. And so they isolated it for the first time and started to do the experiments to figure out how it functions within the heart. So... Fast forward a bit, as the research progresses, it was all about the heart. So, you know, people, when, they, when we think about heart problems, we do think about older people, you know? Um, so generally, uh, unfortunately, yes, there are some 20-year-olds that have heart issues. They're generally uh, problems that they were born with, congenital issues. But usually when you're talking about heart disease or heart problems, you're at least looking at 50, 60 years old. You know, there's exceptions, of course. So I guess you've you got a point that originally maybe it was a little bit older group of individuals that were looking at the use of supplemental CoQ10. Now, you mentioned getting it in your diet. And I have to say, uh, this is not very uh, 
there's not very much CoQ10 in our diet. The, there's, you know, peanuts have a little bit of CoQ10. So peanuts and peanut butter pro- provide you with a little bit. Uh, the biggest sources are organ meats. So the heart, liver, kidneys, especially heart. Well, I don't know about you, Mm-mm. but I don't eat. I don't eat those. I don't eat those. Neither. They don't appeal to me. I just don't appeal to me. And um, a lot of people, in fact, a lot of people aren't even eating uh, beef or pork anymore, and they're definitely not eating organ meat. Um, so, and then you've got your vegan and vegetarian crowd. So there's there's not really a lot of CoQ10 in the diet. Now, I'm a big proponent of addressing dietary deficiencies with your diet. Uh, for example, if you're eating um, ho-hos for breakfast and Big Macs for lunch, <laughs> no, you can't you can't out supplement that. <laughs> you need to talk about you need to talk about um, you know maybe taking a few baby steps towards a healthier diet. But this is one of those instances where to get therapeutic amounts of CoQ10 on board, if you are using it to address a specific issue then you need to take more, it's generally supplemental. You need to take it as a supplement. Now, um, now fast forward again, uh, we find that as we have expanded research, and this is, there's just an enormous amount of study on CoQ10. As we've expanded research, we find that it works in a lot of different ways that it might be surprising to you. They have found that people with migraine headaches often have and that's correlated with lower amounts of CoQ10 inside their cells. Now, is that the only cause? No. But there is a study on migraine headaches showing that using 300 milligrams a day of CoQ10 can dramatically reduce the incidence of migraine headaches. So it's part of the answer. Uh, when we look at um, men that are struggling with fertility, we find that very often that is correlated with a lower amount of CoQ10. You know, sperm need energy in order to have motility and movement and energy. Uh, they have to be fantastic swimmers, and if they don't have enough energy, eh, they might just give up and go home, right? Mm-hmm. So they have found that there is a correlation and that men can increase uh, the vitality of the sperm when they are having reproductive difficulties by using CoQ10. Is it the only answer? No, but it is certainly part of the answer. So there's just study after study on these Things that we don't even think about. Like, would you ever think about CoQ10? And for, well, you probably would because you know everything, Jeff. But most people would not think CoQ10 and fertility. Why, my goodness, perhaps that's something I should look into. Or CoQ10 and migraine headaches. You know, people, it's, there are just so many really interesting diseases and problems that we find more and more can have a part or sometimes even an entire treatment around CoQ10. You know, of course, thank you for kudos. I appreciate that. But I continue to learn every day because, you know, every time I think I know everything, guess what? Um, you know, <laughs> you get very humbled very quickly. Uh, I've had migraines since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always used things like magnesium and I, I take cayenne pepper to get blood to the brain and ginkgo biloba. And I think probably about 10 years ago, um, I found out about COQ10 or coenzyme Q10 for headaches. And I started taking, you know, two to 300 milligrams a day. And mm-hmm. I come from a situation when I would have probably four or five migraines a month. And now I've gone mm-hmm. down to the point when I have maybe five or six a year. And wow. that is amazing to me. So that's one I did not know. 
And I had to look. And the other thing is, I think the reason I was asking about the geriatric trickling down to the younger folks is because of the amount of diabetics that they find. And I've read some amazing studies on many of them who are deficient in coenzyme Q10. And I think to myself, there are so many younger people today that are now diabetic that before may not have been diabetic, but there's so many people eating terrible diets that we see diabetes creeping across all age brackets. So that's kind of where I was going with that, you know, because some of these things have popped up and a lot more people are coming on board uh, on the um, the possible list of necessity for coenzyme Q10. But like I said, the headaches, I didn't know that. I mean, that was over the last decade that I learned that one. As I said, the research marches on. Uh, oh, last sure time does. I looked, the last time I looked on uh, PubMed, which is the electronic database of the National Institutes of Health, uh, there were almost 15,000 studies, 15,000 studies on CoQ10. Amazing. So, you know, the research is just exploding. The more they find it can do, the more they find it they can do. Now, we talked about, you talked about diabetes, which is crucially important because of a couple of things. Well, first, when you have diabetes, that's a disease of starvation. And people get larger and larger sometimes. Sometimes people really struggle with being overweight and gaining weight when they have type 2 diabetes, and yet their cells are starving. Why? Because the fuel can't get inside the cell. So your body uses insulin as a taxi cab, and it picks up the sugar, and it drives it to the cell, and it clicks the garage door opener, and hopefully that garage door goes up, and it can drive right in. And then, boom, it can be used to create energy. But in diabetes, what we see is that the that two things can happen. You can have less taxi cabs, you can have less insulin, but more commonly what we see is it stops listening to the garage door opener. So maybe it'll go up half, or maybe it'll go up a third, or maybe it won't go up at all. And if the sugar can't get inside the cell, the taxi cab just keeps driving around, driving around. Eventually the body says, enough of this, takes it out of circulation, says to itself, I guess the cells don't need any food today. Or they've got plenty because they're not picking this up, so I'm going to turn it into the storage form of fuel, which is fat. And so it starts to get deposited as fat. So you get more and more fat cells and less and less energy within the cells. Inside, the cell is going, please, please, feed me, feed me. You know, give me energy. Give me fuel to turn into energy. So when people have diabetes, they have a double whammy. So their cells are struggling because, number one, they may not be getting a consistent flow of nutrients into the cell because of insulin resistance or because the garage door does not work. And they also then may struggle with not having enough ubiquinone or CoQ10 inside the cell to convert that fuel to energy in the second place. So those folks, if you are struggling with type 2 diabetes, I think that this is crucially important to make sure that you have every support on board possible to make sure that energy production within that cell is at as high a rate as is humanly possible. You know, thank you for making the point about sometimes being overfed and malnourished at the same time, Mm -hmm. Uh, because I think that's something that we don't focus on. And I think a lot of people are, you know, maybe not thinking how important it is to to think about, once again, the quantity, the quality of the food and the, and the fuel that you're putting in your body. Cause just cause we love the taste of something, there's a lot of really good tasting, terrible food out there that mm-hmm. can fill you up and make you feel good. And you know, and our palates are really in charge. You know, our palates 
they rule the roost. They make the decisions. People don't think about that, but they do. And as your pallets are making these decisions, you have to think to yourself sometimes, you know what, um, and you switch it up. Your pallets are the one telling you, don't do this. We like this better. And you got to push back really hard. But if you push back long enough, your pallet will come around. It'll start thinking that, you know, this is good. I can do this, but it's not an easy transition. So it's hard for us to get away from those good tasting foods that make us full, that give us nothing in return. Mm-hmm. I, I, I absolutely hear you. Um, you know, and unfortunately, there are commercial food companies that make a product, a, a big profit making products that manipulate individuals based on their cravings. Mm. You know, children don't, don't grow up wanting sugary cereal. They're not born that way. But once they start eating it, it is so delightful. It is just that crunch and the sweetness and the flavor overload. I mean, gosh, that's delightful to these kids. And then once they develop a palate for it, things that don't have such intense flavorings lose their luster, so to speak. So there's a lot of flavor manipulation that happens in the food supply to encourage those cravings so that more people buy their products. And um, usually on products that are not very nutrient-dense, the profit margin is very high. It's not very expensive to make cookies versus making something out of spinach and apples and strawberries, you know. So, um, yeah, there's just a, the odds are stacked against us. Now, let me ask you another question. You know, we, we, we kind of mentioned this before, and I, was, I mentioned statins. Do you think mm-hmm. that, I mean, because I hear from a lot of cardiologists, and it's interesting how many of them have put their patients on a statin and at the same time recommended coenzyme Q10. Is this becoming a little bit more common out there? Or are we just seeing some of them coming on board? Mm-hmm. Well, when you say statins, that's for folks who don't know, that's a class of drugs. Uh, and they call them statins because the last name of the generic ends with statin, like semivastatin, lovastatin. So they call that grouping statin drugs, and they're all designed to work in a specific way to reduce cholesterol. So there's this pathway in your body called the HG-CoA. Um, reductase pathway. You don't have to remember that. (laughs) However, this pathway makes cholesterol. So the way these drugs work is they go in and they shut down that pathway. Well, they don't shut it down completely, but they dramatically reduce it. So your body can't, I mean, they'll drop, these things will drop your cholesterol in a week or two. Boom. Uh, The problem is, guess what else is made by the HMG-CoA reductase pathway? CoQ10. So when they shut down cholesterol production, they shut down CoQ10 production. So many researchers and many practitioners believe that so many of the adverse effects from using these cholesterol-lowering drugs, some of their brand names are like Lipitor, Zocor, Mavicor. Um, When you look at these drugs, they have significant side effects, and many believe that those are attributable to the reduction of CoQ10 in the body. So you start to see some brain fog. You start, you start to see, you know, so those synapses aren't quite firing like they ought to. You start to see some muscle pain. Well, your muscles use an enormous amount of CoQ10 because your muscle cells need more energy, you know, and they need energy in the, in the snap of your fingers. They need it immediately. When your leg muscles, you know, want to get up and move, you have to have an energy supply for those muscles to do so. And if you don't, they can hurt. Those muscles can hurt. Um, there are also some issues uh, 
having to do with heart function over time, that by depleting CoQ10, you are removed by using these drugs, you may be taking away cholesterol so the body can't use it as much to make Band-Aids for the irritated insides of your blood vessels, but it weakens your heart. And so you can end up with congestive heart failure over time if you don't have enough CoQ10 on board to keep those cells functioning. So you trade one kind of heart problem for another kind of heart problem. So I have a real bone to pick with the companies who sell cholesterol-lowering drugs because they know this. They know that it also depletes CoQ10. I believe it's Merck, which is a pharmaceutical company. Uh, Merck actually has a patent on a cholesterol-lowering drug combined with CoQ10. They haven't launched it yet because there isn't enough demand. So they don't launch it because it's the right thing to do. They wait until they think they can make money off of it. Mm -hmm. So that really irritates me that they know that it depletes CoQ10, and yet that's not something that most doctors, well, recently they're starting to really understand this, but 10 years ago doctors didn't know this. So putting CoQ10 back on board in individuals who are having it diminished by this class of drugs is crucially important. Uh, I would say 100 to 300 milligrams every single day for individuals who are on cholesterol-lowering medications to try to compensate for some of those for some of the deficits that are caused by the drugs themselves. Mm. You know, obviously, you know, you and I have been around for a while and we, we've mm-hmm. seen the changes in the medical society and community. And we've seen, we've come from a time when you would never have caught them dead ever recommending anything to a time mm-hmm. today when many of them want to carry their own lines in their offices to the point where many of them are also, you know, pretty good about recommending it. They, they understand the inner workings you know, so um, it, it has changed dramatically. It's still got a ways to go, but it is better mm-hmm. than it was. Absolutely. Just as a lot of doctors have come around to the idea of omega-3s, they've come around to the idea of CoQ10. And, um, you know, my, my father-in-law has had heart trouble for 20 years. He's just, you know, he had uh, a northern Wisconsin lifestyle that just was not very conducive for a healthy heart. And so when he started to have issues, and I, you know, I was visiting the cardiologist with him, and we would talk about the importance of omega-3s, and we would talk about the importance of CoQ10, he was very skeptical and not very supportive and, you know, um, didn't come right out and say, no, you must not take these things, but said, well, I don't believe there's any value in their use. So I thought, wow, that's awesome, great. I'm trying to convince my father-in-law that these are crucial, and I got a cardiologist who's, you know, going, eh. So fast forward, you know, he's had to be hospitalized a couple more times, and he's had other cardiology visits. And uh, the the last time his doctor said, asked him if he, a different doctor, asked him if he was taking CoQ10, and if and uh, if so, how much, and if he wasn't, he needed to get started on it. So I'm like, wow, that's awesome. A little less than 20 years, and we've gone from eh to, by God, you better be on this if you are struggling with your heart and you want your heart to be strong and healthy you know i go back far enough to the point and i've told this story before when i was in los angeles there was a store a chain that i was working with they had a location near ucla and right near the medical uh, by the hospital there and it was so funny how many doctors 
would call up and get their vitamins and but they would come after the store closed almost to like the back door to get their vitamins <laughs> and it was like i kid you not it was like doing drug deals in the back because they didn't want their colleagues to see them walking into a health food store <clears throat> so i mean we really have come a long way as far as that is That's concerned, true. but uh, it just kind of makes me giggle every once in a while when I think about that. And, you know, they'd be like, you got the stuff? And I'm like, oh, Lord, you know, so it was just kind of funny, you know, but I mean, it's nice to see that it's changed. Um, somebody just chimed in and they said, um, my dentist recommended that I start using coenzyme Q10 for my gums. Does Cheryl have a recommendation of which one? I just had this conversation yesterday. Well, absolutely. You know, gum disease, sometimes people are, are don't pay enough attention to gum disease. they just like, yeah, hey, you've got it, oh well. But gum disease can be really difficult. Not only can it cause tooth loss, but that inflammation and chronic infection can have unfortunate consequences for your cardiovascular health as well. So people who have active gum disease that isn't, you know, in remission or calmed down uh, have much higher rates of cardiovascular disease because of the fact that they their, their gum disease is triggering a chronic infection and a chronic inflammation status in their body. So you need to address periodontitis or, or, or um, gingivitis. You need to address those with your dentist and address it aggressively uh, because there's so much that can be done, not just to save your teeth and to keep you healthy uh, with your gums, but also to keep your heart healthy and your brain healthy and your circulatory system healthy. CoQ10 can be enormously useful for helping individuals with gum disease. There's study after study showing that it reduces gingivitis, it reduces that inflammation, and it helps your gum tissue be much healthier. So I would not say avoid the dentist or periodontist and just take CoQ10. No, it's part of your protocol. Get those frequent cleanings and descalings and have somebody making sure that your gum disease is being held at bay. Uh, not only is it going to be good for your mouth, uh, and not only is it going to be good for your smile, but it's going to be good for your heart. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? I've got a mom on the line now. She says, and she says, I've been taking coenzyme Q10 for a while. I'm a recovering heart attack patient. I'm extremely healthy, lost all the weight, changed my diet. Uh, I exercise all the time. I am a completely different vision than you would have saw five years ago. And I work really hard at it. I have teenagers and I've always wondered whether I should give them coenzyme Q10, but I've never really asked if it was something they could use. Great question. It is a great question. You know, teenagers are generally at their peak of CoQ10 production. They're generally able to do just fine on their own. Now, if you have a teenager that has an issue, if you've got a teenager that has migraine headaches, if you have a teenager that's recovering from cancer, uh, if you have a teenager that has um, a chronic infection, like maybe a Lyme's disease or something that is very energy depleting from the body, there might be instances absolutely when CoQ10 is very safe and effective to use. However, if you've got a healthy teenager to use it prophylactically uh, to try to prevent, probably not as important. Probably more important to just focus on a healthy diet, healthy levels of activity. But, you know, as, as you said earlier, we're seeing type 2 diabetes at younger and younger ages. When I first graduated from college and started working in hospitals and clinics, uh, we saw type 2 diabetes I never saw type 2 diabetes in anybody under 70. It just, and, it, you know, it, it was always very old, older, older people 
Uh, and now we see it in teenagers, and sometimes I hate to even say this, grade schoolers. Uh, that's how dysfunctional our food system is here in the United States. So um, if you've got a child that's struggling with blood sugar issues uh, or, God forbid, metabolic syndrome at a young age, absolutely I would get CoQ10 on board. Here's an interesting um side note it says jeff thank you for your show and i'm so glad cheryl is here because i have a question that's on today's subject i had covid and ended up in the hospital and went on a ventilator but luckily got off of it and after recovery i'm doing better i went to see my doctor and he sent me to my respiratory physician um, because i was having some little bit of lung problems and i'm already have asthma and i get bronchitis very easily it was interesting that he recommended some herbs and natural things because he loves to work on that side of the fence as well. He did give me an inhaler, but he recommended coenzyme Q10 for my lungs, and I never really heard that it was beneficial for that. Might you ask Cheryl why you have her on the show? Well, first, bless you, and I am so happy <laughs> that you have have recovered because, um, you know, not so many people have not. So you must have a certain amount of strength and health within your mm -hmm. body to be able to fight back. So bless you. I'm so glad you're doing better. But CoQ10 is enormously important for lung function as well. And we don't think about that, do we? Um, we think about, um, as I said, we think about heart and we think about things that are muscular. But when we look at how our lungs work, there is a certain muscularity to that. There's a certain pumping action that happens with our lungs. There's also a certain amount of energy that's needed to clear our lungs. So our lungs are, when, when we cough, that's a good thing because we don't want stuff, or as I like to call it, gunk, to settle in our lungs and we can't get it out. So, you know, your lungs have lower lobes and upper lobes. So they have a downstairs and an upstairs. And it's, and it's easier to carry the furniture out when it's in the upstairs than to try to go down in the basement and get it. So we have these little cilia that are constantly fluttering that bring that gunk up higher to higher and higher levels so we can ex get it out of our bodies. We can cough it out of our bodies. And those cilia, those little cilias that constantly beat and flutter, I always think of them as like sea anemones, like in Finding Nemo. So you've got these constantly fluttering anemones that are brushing, brushing, brushing all of these foreign objects and dust and gunk that collects in the bottom of your lungs up so that you can get them out of your body. Now, there's a couple of reasons why all of this is important. Number one is if you have a collection of wet stuff in the lower lobes of your lungs, that is a perfect petri dish breeding ground for bacteria. It's warm, it's, you know, it's fluid, it's dark, and so you can start to grow bacteria there, and that's when you can end up with a serious pneumonia. Uh, or a little bit less serious, bronchitis. So it's important to get that out of the lungs so that it doesn't serve as the perfect breeding ground for a bacterial infection. But the other thing is, is when you have gunk or impurities or uh, dust or whatever it is you're exposed to settling in your lungs, it, it squishes your lungs. It squishes against those little cilia that makes it harder for them to beat, but it also squishes against these little things called alveoli, and that's where the oxygen, that, that, super ma that magical process happens where oxygen gets from the lungs and into the bloodstream so that your blood can carry oxygen to all parts of your body. So, you, you know, you don't want to 
put pressure on these areas because they're going to have a harder time functioning. So people that have chronic issues with their lungs sometimes get short of breath pretty easily because their lungs aren't, um, number one, the psyllium activity may not be as vigorous, but number two is they may have an accumulation of compounds that are actually getting in the way of the way their lungs are supposed to work. So I think that your doctor is, you keep this doctor because, not very often do I hear people that are dealing with MDs that have this level of sophistication that they would know that introducing coenzyme Q10 for people that are struggling with post-COVID issues with lungs would be a useful thing. And as an aside, a lot of people who have come back from COVID uh, have, well, if you have a moderate to severe case, you stress your heart, period. There's just no question about it. Whether that is whether that stress causes temporary problems or a small amount of permanent damage, we don't always know right away. But absolutely, getting one of the most important nutrients uh, on board to support your heart is a very, very good idea. You know, and the other part of this, you know, um, can you work, I just want to get these questions in, can you work the coenzyme Q10 in every single day? You don't have to worry about rotating it or anything like that or coming on it or going off of it. You could just make it part of your everyday staple, correct? Yes, yes, because it's, it's what you, what's already bought in your body and what your body uses. Now, what they're probably talking about is there's certain botanicals that stimulate systems in your body. So let's say let's echinacea, for example. So most people know echinacea stimulates immune system function. It calls out the truth. You, you generally don't want to take that every single day forever and ever because your body stops listening to it. It's like, you know what, it's like a crying wolf situation. I, you know, I'm tired of listening to your message. So a lot of people will stay on it for, depending on their circumstances, it might be a week, it might be a month, and then they go off it for a while so that when they come back on it, their body will listen to the signal again. That's not true when you're talking about nutrients. Like, for example, vitamin B6 does not lose its activity over time. You don't have to take a break from vitamin B6 because vitamin B6 is something that's in your body anyway and is constant. you're adding to that um, raw material pool to, for vitamin B6. You're adding to that pool. And the same is true with CoQ10. Is, you know, CoQ10 is in your body and already part of these systems anyway, so you're not stimulating the body to do something. You are providing it. You are giving your body a gift. Here you go. Here's more CoQ10. Have at it, you know. So it, you don't have to cycle and you don't have to worry about whether you should go off of it for a while and go back on it. You can use it for as long as you need to. Now, dosing, is it based on the recommendations on the label, or is this one of those things where we may start that way and increase it up because people are carrying a little bit more weight on their frame, or can we feel comfortable with just what's recommended? Well, you know, dosing is a little bit all over the place. I know. So... Um, you know, I think the minimum amount is 100 milligrams that you'd want. Okay. You want to have at least 100 milligrams on board um, so that, you, you know, that's sort of a base. So if you have some mild issues, uh, maybe it's not serious, maybe you have no issues at all and it's part of your longevity protocol. You're 50 years old and you're like, I, have, I want to put together the perfect longevity protocol and this is part of it. If you start to run into, if you're starting to have problems, like if, or as I said, the study I'm aware of on migraines that had the highest efficacy, that was 300 milligrams a day. Um, there is a study on Parkinson's disease that showed that use of CoQ10 
can reduce uh, Parkinson progression by as much as 44%. The dosage in that study was 1,200 milligrams a day. So, you, you know, when you look at CoQ10, I would say an average dose is one or 200 milligrams. If you are on, a, on one of those cholesterol-lowering drugs, uh, I would definitely, I personally would pick 200, although there are others that might argue for 100. I think I err on the side of caution, you know. I'd rather have extra on board than not have enough on board. But we'll say 100 to 200 milligrams if you're doing it just to replete your body with something that a drug is taking out of it. But, wait, you know, so it, it, the, the dose, it is very safe, so that's a good, a good thing. Uh, but the dosage is a little bit all over the place. So if you don't know, I would consider, I would consider talking to an integrative practitioner um, or somebody who is an expert that knows CoQ10, you know, finding, a, you know, like a, one of the things I tell people, the best thing you can do for your health is to find a health food store that has staff that's interested in education, mm-hmm. that pays attention to the research, and that can point you in the right direction. It's the absolute best thing you can do for your health because it's hard to keep up with all this. I do this for a living. And I still get surprises every single day. And I'm sure you do as well. You Absolutely. know so much already, but, you know, there's always, so you need somebody to do that for you. There's no way you can um, take care of your family and work full time and have some leisure time and also review research for 30 hours a week. <laughs> so, yes, find, find somebody who knows what they're doing and let them help you find what dose is going to be best for you. One more quick question before we go. With food or without food, do you have a preference? I like it with food because mm-hmm. CoQ10 is not the easiest thing in the world to absorb. And sometimes there are factors in food that help facilitate absorption a little bit. So if you have to take it on an empty stomach, it's not like it's going to hurt your stomach or anything. Uh, but I think you probably get a little bit more bang for your buck by taking it with food. I think so, too. I think we're going to see more and more people that are starting to add this into their daily regimens. And I know it's come from a time when only a select amount of people did. But I love seeing the new information, the new education. And more than anything, I love seeing medical practitioners that are now recommending it. And I think that's a sign of something good. I couldn't agree with you more. I think we have a long way to go. When I think of the number of people that we could help or maybe even save, if only we could bring our systems of medicine to a little bit better understanding so that mainstream medicine had more respect for some of the nutrient interventions that have been clinically proven to make a, a difference. Uh, think of the number of people that we could help. Just look at vitamin D during this past uh, this pandemic. You know, it started out with everybody who worked in the natural products industry and naturopathic physicians and holistic doctors saying vitamin D, vitamin D, vitamin D. If you only take one thing, at least get vitamin D on board. Mm-hmm. How long did it take mainstream to come around to that? True. Very, very, very true. Well, I love this. This was this was so good, and I'll make sure that I recommend people go back and listen to the podcast. <laughs> I, I thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day, and uh, I look forward to our chats very, very much. You too, Jeff. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. My guest today, Cheryl Myers. Isn't she awesome? I told you. I told you how good she was. She just makes it feel comfortable. So check out the Terry Naturally Europharma line of products that stay healthy. Check out the COQ10. Uh, Ask them about Coenzyme Q10 from Terry Naturally. 
Uh, they'll answer your questions for you. Uh, everyday low prices online every single day. Uh, and of course, you get that full service environment where people can answer your questions and you can have a dialogue. And I, I think that that's really, really important. Stay Healthy Health Food Store. You'll find them at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town and Country Center on the northwest corner of Rancho and Charleston, right near Smith's. Uh, their store hours, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, closed on Sunday. Their phone number, 877-2494-877-2494. When you call them, you can, uh, if you forget the location, they'll tell you where they are. If you want to schedule curbside service, they could do that. If you need mail order services and having the order shipped to you, they can do that. If you need it prepared for you so you can just swoop in and pick it up, they can do that. And, of course, inside shopping hours as well. Uh, all of that available to you at Stay Healthy Health Food Store. The most knowledgeable staff, the best customer service, only the highest quality products with wonderful transparent formulations from companies that think of us, the consumer, first. They use the best of the best because they know that those are the products that make a difference, the ones that we get to see and feel and actually make a difference in our health and well-being. That's why we want to continue to use those great products, and those are the products that they carry at Stay Healthy Health Food Store from the companies that I talk about, of course, here on the show. Remember to tune into the show Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 in the morning. Uh, Stay Healthy Health Food Store. Go to their webpage, uh, stayhealthylasvegas.com, because that's where all of the podcasts are for on-demand downloads. While you're there, print a coupon to use in the store. And enter your email address. Start getting connected to the store and get those monthly newsletters. Remember, it's about education, education, and education. And relevant, up-to-date information and those are things you'll get in their newsletter so enter your email address at their webpage stayhealthylasvegas.com remember to ask for a slip to fill out your name to put it into the drawing for the basket of the month this month it is garden of life and don't forget about Irwin Naturals buy any Irwin Naturals product get a free Irwin Naturals product from a huge selection of choices for you to choose from a great special remember Terry Naturally Europharma check out the entire line the products are awesome have a great day, everyone. Take care. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to the Staying Healthy Radio Show. Remember to tune in Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. for the most up-to-date, relevant information on your health with the best guest in the industry, helping all of us to get healthy, be healthy, and stay healthy. For your convenience, podcasts of the show are now available at my website, drjeffreyburke.com. Simply click on the archive icon to make available on-demand podcast downloads. Make sure to visit Stay Healthy Health Food Store for all your nutrition needs. Stay Healthy provides reliable, responsible, relevant service every single day. I look forward to talking with all of you soon.